This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. What is the sound of simplicity? Mm. Is it the gentle ocean waves brushing against a pristine beach? Caw, caw. <laughs> <laughs> is it an echo in your home after removing all the excess stuff or maybe it's a sweeping musical soundtrack that reinforces and amplifies a mood today we have one of our favorite musicians on the podcast yeah. to talk about the sound of simplicity andrew bell is here ladies and gentlemen let's give him a round of applause Heck yeah thank you Thanks so much for being here, man. Oh, my gosh. Absolute pleasure. Thank this you. is like a dream come true. Oh, man. <laughs> what, other, what other podcasts do you know that have a, a studio audience? Uh, very, very few, especially these days. It's, yeah. a, <laughs> yeah. it's a rather minimal yeah. studio <laughs> audience. You know, what's fascinating, Ryan and I have radically different musical tastes. Okay. But we agree on one thing. Mm. Andrew Bell is our favorite musician. Yeah. No way. Absolutely, man. Come on. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that Matt Carney... Uh, concert that you did like that was i mean that yeah that was one of my that is probably my favorite concert i've ever wow. attended man it was yeah. absolute and black bear yeah dude that's like the best album of the last decade <laughs> totally agree with that oh yeah. man i hope i can live up to all this that's well so, so <laughs> andrew had this album his second album came out in uh 2013 mm -hmm. and ryan and i the very next year we went on the road we did 100 cities 119 events everywhere we're just driving around his toyota corolla 10 months straight, Jeez. Mm. sleeping on people's couches and floors. And occasionally, if we sold enough books in one night, yeah. we'd stay in like a Hampton Inn. We would really live it up, you know? <laughs> La Quinta. Yes. La Quinta yeah, yeah, there are quite a yeah. few La Quintas. And, a couple La Quintas. Bed bugs. <laughs> yeah. And, um, anyway. Yep. <laughs> well, and then I tell you, it's the one album like we played all year, and it never got worn out. Mm -hmm. and it's still... I still can listen to that thing like start to finish and like, yeah, my wife and I listen to it all the time still. Yeah. But that's not why we're here today. We're here today <laughs> to celebrate a new album. Yeah. Yes. Nightshade is out right now. Yes. Let's talk about this album. In fact, we're going to get into some of the lyrics. We do the minimal and a, a maximal. So on this minimal here, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about the sound of simplicity. I was just thinking like a few months ago when we scheduled this, what are we going to talk to Andrew Bell about? <laughs> but calm, serenity, what are the emotions that... Yeah or sort of evoked from his music. So we're going to talk about that. On the maximal, we're going to talk about how silence is not the absence of sound, but the absence of self. Mm. And so we're going to go deep on that. So congratulations on the new album, by yeah. the way. Thank Another you. amazing album, man. Oh, man. Thank you. Um, I know it, it's it's been out for about a month now. Chris and I were just talking about um, how quickly that that first month kind of flew by and uh yeah I'm, I'm really proud of this record it's it's sort of um the third you know i made this is the third record i made with my uh long time now producer chad copeland he made black bear the record you were talking about mm. 
that was our first project together. We made my we made Dive Deep, my last record together, and now we've made Night Chain. It feels sort of like this. It's a little bit of an evolution in sound, but if you look at those three records sonically, like it's sort of a little trilogy. It mm, is to yeah. be cliche about it, but um, you can see that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. This record means a lot to me. I'm really proud of it. Thank you. Awesome, Ours is a, a listener-driven show, so I want to dive into some questions here. Before we do that, though, and we'll get into some more lyrics from the album because. I'm not going to ask you, well, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah. But I want to talk about, like, what does this mean to me and Ryan when I hear the song? Cool. And also, the album starts with this devastating first line. It's my favorite first line. Now, I have an obsession with first lines. My wife and I, will go to bookstores, and we, just, we do dueling first lines. So we'll just grab a random book off the, off the shelf, and we'll, we'll, com- we'll compare the first line. Really? But then we started doing this with albums. That's cool. And, and, and your first line, so you got the song called Swimmers, which, by the way, every single time, I get into the car with my daughter, who's eight years old. Every time we get in the car, she'll say, can you play Swimmers, please? Every time. And so um, you also have some, some uh, eight-year-old fans as well. And she oh, absolutely loves it. The first line of, of the album is this. I don't think of you much anymore. Mm. Now, there's a whole world in that sentence, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think... I, by the way, how could you start an album out there's almost like this strange sort of dishonesty or yearning. Like, I don't want to think of you much anymore. Mm. But of course I think of you if I'm starting out a song or an entire album yeah. with this. Yeah, there's some yeah. irony there. Yes. <laughs> what a, a beautiful, devastating first line. Did, did you know that was going to be the first line of the album? No. Uh, in fact, that was probably the last song I wrote for the record. Wow. Um, and I actually, I kind of wanted... That I thought originally that was going to be the last song on the on the album, um, to sort of tie the whole thing together. But as we were doing the sequencing and um, you know songs kind of fall into place, you know you start getting really committed to this particular song being track three, and this well this one's got to be track seven, and mm-hmm. it just sort of happened where I was like I want a strong song, but maybe not the most, um, maybe not the most impactful song. You know you don't want to lead too you know with your your what you consider to be the best song on the record, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then all of a sudden I just sort of had, I kind of shifted my mentality on that song and my perspective on it. And all of a sudden uh, I fell in love with the idea of opening with that, with that track. Mm. So mm. yeah, it was, it was kind of, uh, it was not on purpose. It was an accident. Well, the sequencing I think is another thing that makes your albums what they are. Mm. Like obviously these are cohesive projects, right? Ryan, when, when, when I listen to an Andrew Bell, it's not a playlist. It's not a, right. it, it's not an, a, a mixed C or a, you know, a mixtape, whatever it is. It is, it's a body of work. Oh, yeah. And the so, intentionality is like, it really, um, it just shines, man. Oh, man. Especially with like, because it, what is it, like four or five years in between each album <laughs> that you write? Yeah. That's incredible, um, man. Four. It's, a, it's about four on average, typically. And that's not like, it's not planned, really. It's just kind of, typically I'll make an out or I'll finish an album and I'll tour it. You know, you guys know about that. Like, you, you write a book, you go out and you promote and tour mm-hmm. and, and then... You come home and you're exhausted by that process. And for me, at least, it's hard for me to want to just dive back into being creative again. Chris and I were just talking about this. Mm. Like, I have to wear, I like wearing different hats for different seasons. Um, When I finished making this Nightshade record, I shifted into, okay, how are we going to release this record now? And, and, um, and, uh, you know, planning a tour and all this stuff. And, and, and now I've been doing that for six months. And, and this, this weekend here in Los Angeles sort of wraps up that season. And then maybe I'll shift into being creative again. But all of that ends up leaning or lending itself toward um, a timeline where it ends up being about three to three and a half years to four years of making a, to make a record. And uh, 
for me, I know like the listeners, I, I get a lot of comments from people who are like, make, you know, can make records more often. Um, but, uh, to me, there's something kind of special about each record of mine being sort of this snapshot of a, a you know, a four year period of my life, which mm. is a pretty, that's a long time. There's yeah. usually a lot of growth and a lot of changing that happens in those seasons. So I look mm. back on each of my records as like, that's a season of my life. And I'm really proud of that to be honest so yeah yeah no it's yeah it really yeah the intentionality just really rings through man thank you yeah we're gonna dive into some of the lyrics and some of those previous records as well on the maximal but let's dive into some of these questions right now emma we have a question from jennifer on patreon joshua has mentioned he has an echo in his home due to mostly bare walls my husband is a lot like him. He does not mind the echo, although it isn't my preference. We compromise, but there's still an echo that disrupts my mood. How can some how can some people be fine with echoes in the home and others hate it? Wow. So so this is fascinating. I, I don't know. There's a lot of assumptions in this. You assume that I like echoes. I don't <laughs> like echoes at all, right? But... An echo is not created by an emptiness. It's created by the noise in your home. So there's rarely ever an echo in my home because it's really quiet mm. unless Ella is running around yelling. And otherwise, you know, the echo is only created by the noise, the chaos that we create. Mm. It's fascinating because, you know, I don't hate artwork. I don't hate things on the wall, obviously. I and mean, we have a ton of artwork here in, in the studio. And, and we think that beauty is essential. And so... I think that this question, the heart of the question here is how can some people be fine with echoes and other people hate it? It's almost like preferences in music. Like right. some people love reggae music. <laughs> some people really dislike country music, whatever yeah. it is. It's all about a, a preference thing. Yeah. Do you see this in your home? Um, yeah. So I, when I, when I heard that question, I actually thought of my little studio space is um it's located it's it's actually attached to our our bedroom my wife and I's bedroom and um it's it's larger than a closet it's not a it has its own closet and a window so it's but it's it's sort of this room you can only get to through the bedroom and that naturally became my studio space but i i line the walls from floor to ceiling um with these those little um you know foam pad things mm -hmm. you put in recording studios to deaden the sound and so when i go in that room it's like dead silent it's actually eerily silent. You yes. walk in, you can feel, almost physically feel the, the shift in the sonic uh, deadness, for lack of a better word. That's sort of like a, you know, a musician's term. But um, I love it in there. It's so peaceful and, and quiet. My wife goes in there to do stuff too, um, a lot too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's, that's, that's the first thing I thought of is that I have a, like, the opposite problem in my house. It's actually so quiet <laughs> in there that I can like, I have a little bit of, um, from all the years of playing music and stuff, I have a little bit of tinnitus in my ears. Mm -hmm. You can hear that little. So when I go in there, I can actually, I can hear too much. Yeah. You know? And it kind of freaks me out and I have to, <laughs> I have to like turn something on, turn some, <laughs> some, um, some music on or something to kind of combat that. Yeah. What, when I go in those rooms, I feel like I can hear my blood pulsing through my veins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this, I can like hear my heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It is a little eerie. Well, we were recording in that temporary studio space for a while and it was too deadened. I mean, so we have, when we first got into this studio space, it was echoey in here. Mm. Only when we talked though, it's never echoey if you're not making noise. <laughs> mm. And so we had the sound panel the whole place. And so, I mean, if you take a look, we have some beautiful sound panels in here and it matches the paint and aesthetically you can do something that's beautiful that if you are struggling with an echo, then, I mean, to me, that echo is a sign of, oh, maybe I don't have all the excess anymore. Mm -hmm. 
But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of up to you. What, what is your individual preference? Yeah. I mean, that's with any relationship, right? Whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, you got you to respect each other's preferences. I'm wondering if Jennifer and her husband could maybe uh, compromise uh, or, or respect each other's preferences um, equally. So you could have, you know, the living room that's super echoey, but maybe like Jennifer's got a little closet she can go to and yeah. do some work with no <laughs> echo. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the balance of any relationship is, is trying to uh, just respect each other's preferences. What do you always say, man? Uh, what relationships bring misery what how, how do you how do you say that <laughs> yeah every relationship in your life is going to make you miserable right right but it's not actually the relationship that makes you miserable it's you that makes you miserable exactly hmm. it's your expectation of these other people anytime that we have anxiety in our lives it's almost always almost always mm -hmm. relational in nature hmm. yeah but that anxiety always arises from us because someone else can do something in in their life it doesn't make the other person next to them anxious at all. But I have the an anxious or the discontented or, or the angry feeling, the upset feeling arise mm -hmm. within me. Yeah. That has nothing to do with them. It has to do with my expectation mm. of them. Yeah, man. And so I think maybe, if anything, Jennifer, we can raise our standards but lower our expectations standards are like, hey what, what can I, we do around the house together maybe hey if you both want something on the walls but you don't want artwork on the walls some great sound panels you can get up that actually look aesthetically pleasing totally yeah, yeah. i was gonna say the same thing i, I love um i mean you've got a good example of it right here in the studio um there's definitely ways to do that so, yeah. yeah yeah we have a question here from ashley in san francisco we are in the summer season and this is a time that many people take a vacation. I'm just curious if you guys think that if somebody is living a life that is aligned with their values, if they should feel like they need a vacation from their life. I'd be really curious to hear your answer to this question and to also hear you each expand a little bit um, expand on a little bit about your feelings towards how you viewed vacation when you were working in the corporate world and how you view vacation now as minimalist. So Ashley, what's fascinating about this is I think there are sort of two types of vacations here. One is a vacation where you're trying to get away from something. The other is a vacation where it's almost a pause or a, a, a change in the rhythm now, Andrew, I was thinking about this on your new album. You have a song on there called Shorthand, which is sort of a vacation in the middle of the album. Totally. In a way. So can we talk about that? It's almost like this needed pause. Yeah. No, that's a good way to describe it. Um, each of my records, uh, this is the fourth one now, each one right somewhere in the middle, either track five or six, has a song that's a little bit of um, an outlier relative to the rest of the songs. Um, and the first time I did that, it was just sort of, by accident you know i made a song that was two and a half minutes long didn't really it didn't really fit the typical structure of a song lyrically or there wasn't really a chorus and then I, my second record there happened to be another song that was similar and then so then that kind of became a thing that i like to do and um there's something nice i mean this actually on the fourth record it's a full-on instrumental there's no vocal at all and that was something i always wanted to do um i like the idea of being able to pause and be somebody else for a minute on my recordings or even in, in live performance it's it's kind of nice to take a break from uh you know not for any 
not, not because I don't like who I am or being who I am or whatever. I don't know. It's just something kind of refreshing to me to like somewhere in the middle, just sort of like a palate cleanser, yeah. you know, mm. uh, sonic, uh, ear, ear cleanser, uh, for the, <laughs> for the listener to be able to kind of reset and then start the, the backside of the record. And that's, that's very intentional. Yeah. And now you're sort of, you're on tour, you're doing these different cities, but you're also, I saw you're sort of treating it like a vacation-esque <laughs> thing, right? It, it's, I mean, that's more of a mindset than anything else because you can look at it as a slog or it's a, oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this. Oh, yeah, that's, that's totally true. I, I, that's, a, that's a decision decision I have to make every day is, uh, like last night we were coming into Los Angeles. It's been, we had a long day. We, my manager, Chris and I, we, we played golf all day in Nashville which was so fun but so exhausting and then went straight to the airport and flew here and I'm like so tired from the night before you know we, we played a late show the night before and and I was starting to get kind of crabby like oh, I'm gonna get no sleep tonight and I gotta run around town and then I gotta play the show my voice is tired and I got all these press and people coming to the show and I, I want to put on a good show and and then I, I thankfully was able to just sort of stop and, and be like just chill out, man. Like everything's going great. Everything's going to be great. Um, you're so lucky to be able to do this in the first place. This is like, this has been the easiest tour by design. It's, it's, uh, rather than taking on a big, huge production with us, we just, we're just doing an acoustic tour. I have one instrument on my back. Um, everything has been so easy. And, and, uh, I got to bring my wife with us to New York city last weekend. We had an amazing time. And, um, yeah, so it's definitely a choice to like shift your mindset, like to your point. Um, and just be grateful. Yeah. I feel that way a lot on our tours. It's like, yeah, same exact thing. The worst is like, you got to show, you know, uh, at night you don't get back to the hotel till 10. I'm like an extrovert. So like I got all this energy yeah. after a show. So when I go to bed till midnight and then you got a flight at like 6 30 AM yeah. and it's like, Oh wow. But yeah. yeah, it is perspective. I have to stop sometimes look in the mirror and be like, dude, you've got good problems. These are not bad oh. problems to have, yeah. but you know, to answer, um, Ashley's question head on, you know, there's no right or wrong answer to this because what Ashley is saying is like, Hey, if you're living with your values, then you're getting up every day and every day is a gift and every day is a vacation. So do you need a vacation away from your vacation? Mm. And that might be for some people, but still, you know, vacations are, it is an opportunity to pause. It doesn't mean you don't like your life. It's maybe something uh, you can do to, uh, to get out there and explore something new. Um, or maybe you are just working and you're tired of working. I mean, you know, work is work. Yeah. Even though, you know, all three of us here at this table love what we do, there's work that has to be done that we wish we didn't have to do. You know, I hate paying taxes, but guess what? We have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you might need a break from that sometimes. There's nothing to feel, you know, there's nothing wrong about that. Drew, I think that, that one thing I think about is with music, even with a song, like, the, the music is music because of the pauses between the notes or between yeah. the lyrics or between the verses. Like, otherwise, it's just noise. Mm -hmm. And so even if you live a life that you feel is meaningful and enjoyable all the time, if there isn't a rhythm to that, mm -hmm. you can get burnt out. Yeah. yeah, Just like if you're playing the same note over and over. There's this old like Buddhist parable about the, the guy who found... Actually, I think it's a, like a Sufi parable, but the, the guy who found the perfect note, and he's just playing it in the town square over and over <laughs> and over. People come, why don't you play it? The songs you used to play is like, well, no, I found the perfect note. Yeah. And so I'm just strumming the same note over and over and over. Mm. You kind of need a vacation from that, right? Yeah. yeah. So if the vacation is running 
towards something, not running away from something. Mm. That's yeah. when I find it to be useful. Yeah, for sure. That made me think about how with podcasts, like we'll listen to it on 1.5 or sometimes 2.0 if you're Josh. <laughs> you can't do that with an album. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can't you can't put it on one point five and just get through the album and experience it. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get through Andrew Bell's album, but I only have ten minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm going to put it on two and listen to it real quick. Yeah. Oh, yikes! <laughs> yeah. Well, Ashley, let's send you a couple tickets to our San Francisco tour stop. Uh, the Love People Use Things Tour is coming to San Francisco, twenty cities total across the U.S. and Canada. We'll be there in uh, either January or February up in San Francisco. We're going to be all over the place. Um, you could find a city nearest you, theminimalists.com slash tour if you're listening to this, or if you're Ashley, we're going to go ahead and send you a couple tickets to that event. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is? It's time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text text your questions and comments to 937 is that right? Is yeah. that right? No, 4654. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 937-202-4654. Now, Andrew, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. <laughs> okay. But not really. We yeah. just, we maunder on a bit. <laughs> and eventually, Podcast Sean finds something pithy and beautiful. He tweezes it out. He puts it in the show notes so people can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if they'd like. And you can find all of our Minimal Maxims in one place now. Minimalmaxims.com. Well, Emma, it looks like we've got a question from Paul. Is there any evidence to suggest that overconsumption of informative audio is linked to anxiety? I listen to podcasts and audiobooks a lot, and I'm wondering if it is directly related to my anxiety levels. I feel as though I don't provide myself enough space to process my own thoughts, mm. and I'm wondering if I should work in more silence. Wow. Wow. So... Um, Andrew had a podcast called Stemma for a while, which I really enjoyed. Oh man, I, I just I like the way you edited it, and it was never about you. It was your podcast, but it was always about someone else. You you took yourself. It was a, a rather egoless pod podcast, <laughs> but it was it was exploring people through their memories of food. Yeah, and it was fascinating. I think if Ryan and I did one of those, it'd just be like, well, government cheese and you know whatever food we could buy, <laughs> and food stamps, <laughs> generic pop tarts. But that's a memory. That's, yes, and that defines like. Who you you know who you became in some way? Yeah. yeah, and I like what Ryan was saying earlier about the, um, well, listening to things at two times the speed, or I need to consume more. That's where that comes from quite mm. often. Yeah. I need to hurry through this. I need to get through this. Of course, that's going to cause some anxiety, right? And music, I found I have transitioned away from music and I listen to more podcasts than music now. Mm. And part of that's unfortunate. In fact, I found myself going back more to music. I'll throw on Pandora because I'm still the guy who has Pandora. <laughs> we have some Gen Zers in the room. They don't really know what Pandora <laughs> is. But I'll just throw on the Andrew Bell Pandora station and, and then it'll rock for a few hours in, in the morning. We're just drinking coffee, reading, and it's calming. And, and so... If I were to throw a podcast on in the background, I think that would start to stress me out a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think music quite often creates the, the, the soundscape for us. You don't have to pay attention to it. It can be on in the background. Mm -hmm. Do you find this as well? Do you, are, are you listening more to podcasts these days? Um, I go in seasons with that. Um, when I'm making a record, usually I'm listening to so much of my own music that when I'm not in the studio, I kind of just need an ear break. Um, mm. or at least maybe not listening to pod or uh, to like pop music. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I'll get in the car and I'll just put on 
you know, the, the Sirius XM real jazz station, just something really like easy listening, you know, mm -hmm. that's not just overtly pop music um, all the time. But no, I, I have found that I can actually kind of relate to this question. Um, there's some kind of little twinge of anxiety that I get where it's like I'm constantly having to consume something, music or a podcast or something. And even just even having the phone in my pocket sometimes, I don't know what the, there is about that energy sometimes mm. that I'm just like, if I just put it on the counter and leave the room and go water the plants without having to listen to something, I, there's something really I've lately uh, particularly that I found refreshing about that. Just yeah. not having to always be um, consuming something. Yes. Yeah. And so that's definitely something I've been trying to pursue more because uh, I feel more refreshed uh, at times without it. Part of this is we've been told so often that we are consumers. In fact, businesses call us that, right? Our consumers, uh, you know, the people who consume our product. And that's true. We all need to consume some stuff. We wrote about this in Love People Use Things, but we, I think we've let our creative muscles atrophy so much as a society mm. because it is so easy to consume now, right? It's, it's one-click purchases. It's on-demand streaming. It's every album I could ever want in my pocket. Yeah. And... It makes it so much easier and more difficult simultaneously, right? Because it's easier to have access to everything, but now it's difficult because we're so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. We're so overloaded with excess. We have, we have too much of a good thing. It's the fire hose of, of pleasure-seeking, mm. and it's all right there in our pocket. I, I love the thing about putting the phone away. I often, my wife and I will put our, our phones in our junk drawer, <laughs> which is a great metaphor. Yeah. And then we just walk around the block. We did it this morning. We, we get up in the morning. We'll have, make a cup of coffee. And instead of you know, listening to a podcast and walking around the block, hey, just going to walk around the block together. Yeah. And it's, it's silence, but not in the, the truest sense. It's not the absence of sound. It's calm. And, and there's nothing else feeding into the, to the chaos. The hard part I found, though, is that we live, our culture has like become such a, um, we use these phones for so many different things. They take pictures you know, um, mm. messaging and, and we become so reliant on these things where, you know, um, if you weren't available to receive a, a text message, uh, maybe 20 years ago, if you didn't get a phone call, that was sort of understandable. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, well, you didn't see my text and now everything's, everything's ruined because you, know, right? you were late or you didn't know that we changed the, the, the location of the meeting or whatever, fill in the blank. Mm. Um, that's the hard part I found about it. It's not um, as easy just to walk away from your phone anymore because of what we've turned these things into culturally. Yeah, it's interesting. So yeah, technology in a way has really changed the expectations of society. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah, that's technology should not dictate our expectations. You can tweet that podcast, Sean. <laughs> Here's my pithy answer though for uh, Paul. Uh, too much is always too much. So so look, Paul, if you feel like it's too much, then it is. And you've got to take a pause. If you were to have like one little slice of apple pie or strawberry rhubarb, my favorite pie, <laughs> it's great. But if you eat the whole pie, it's too much and you're going to feel bad afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and just like Andrew was saying, it's like he, he needs a break. He's got to go out, uh, get, get clear uh, his, his ear palate <laughs> and uh, have some silence. And he's able to recognize that. So, Paul, it sounds like you are recognizing this and that's great. So, yeah, take a little break. Here's my pithy answer for you. Peace cannot be created. It is already there beneath the chaos. So we go seeking peace, right? We're searching for peace. We try to purchase peace, right? If I buy the right app or the right yoga mat, mm. if I buy the right thing, if I consume the right goods or the right podcast, mm -hmm. 
that's going to bring me peace. It's never going to bring you peace. The peace is already there and it can only be uncovered. And the only way we can really uncover it is identify what is the too much. What is that chaos? Because what's enough for me might be too much for Ryan or what is too much for Ryan might be too little for me with, uh, with respect to a particular item or routine or app or song or podcast, whatever it is. Mm. And so it's so highly individual that it's perspectival. And, and I think that we go searching for peace, not realizing, oh my gosh, it's already here. Mm. Right now, this is where the peace is. I'm yeah. not going to find it out there. I'm not going to find it through the next acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot consume your way to peace. Ooh, tweet that (laughs) podcast, Sean. Well, we got so much more to talk about, Ryan, but you got something for us first? Yeah, man. Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, my name's Karen, and I'm calling from Philadelphia. I'm calling in response to the Impulses episode, and I had a comment for Erica, who has the business that may or may not um, align with her minimalist values now. I just had a thought about that because... I sew and I do a lot of sewing for a living, so I've always had a large stash of fabrics. I also have a side retail business that buzzes me to sell things to people, and I don't always feel comfortable about their purchases. It sounds like her business is some sort of a craft or yarn store, and I thought it might be a good way to at least partially transition to start doing events either at the store or at another location, put up a sign to her customers, hey, is your yarn stash getting overwhelming? Come join me and your other customers and knit for a good cause. Make something for the homeless. Make things to donate to refugees. Do something that will use up some of that stash. Make people feel good about what they're doing with it. And also get together as a community It might be a way to spread some minimalist values while she's hosting, but it would also do a lot of good in the short and long term. Hi, my name is Cody from Owyhee, Nevada. I'm responding to episode 46 called Let Go. You were talking about social media and particularly scrolling through Facebook, how how it brings discontent and is essentially a waste of time. My solution to that is that I have unfollowed all of my, quote, friends and groups. This makes my newsfeed completely empty and clean and keeps me from scrolling mindlessly to see what people are up to. Some people might think of this as being a bit extreme, but I find that it allows me to be more deliberate in my use of Facebook. If I'm thinking about someone in particular, I can go directly to their profile and see what they are up to, or I can send them a message and actually talk with them. Another thing I do to minimize Facebook is that I try to keep my friends list below 150 people. Studies have shown that the human mind cannot keep track of more than 150 relationships. If you have more than 150, chances are there are people on your list that you don't know or remember. Either way, they are probably not adding value to your life and are not worth cluttering up your social media. All right, y'all, big thanks to Andrew Bell for joining us today. Check out his new album. It's called Nightshade. We have a bunch more surprise questions for Andrew this Thursday on Patreon. That's the maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast. You can just go on over to patreon.com slash 
the minimalists to listen to that. But first, real quick, for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. Ryan, a brand new month is approaching. Yeah, man. We have a free minimalism calendar. It's the Minimalism Game Calendar. You can download from our resources page over on our website, theminimalists.com slash resources. You get that calendar for free. You can print it out and you can play the 30-day minimalism game with a friend, a loved one, or a mortal enemy. <laughs> Mariah and I are going to play this next month. Ah, so you're mortal enemy. Exactly. <laughs> to the death. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the prize is going to be. We'll figure it out. Or maybe we'll just play together. We'll just like I don't think we can it. talk about the prize on this podcast. <laughs> we'll have to save that for Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully Sean bleeped that. <laughs> For our added value segment this week, it's not that. Um, <laughs> Real mature, Josh. Uh, you know what? Andrew Bell, my favorite song from the album is called Inside Voices. And we're going to dive deep into just the thought of our inside voices, the voices in our head, our thoughts that ruminate out of control. Let's finish this episode with Inside Voices from Andrew Bell's new album, Nightshade. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like how does minimalism play a role in making music more meaningful? Do specific genres of music have a greater effect on the mind? After a lifetime in the city, I moved to a rural area. Can this bring me peace? Plus a million more questions for Andrew Bell and the Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, join us on the Minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash the minimalists to subscribe and get your personal link so our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalist.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalist.com comment on this episode at youtube.com slash the minimalists and if you want our show notes in your inbox sign up for our email list at the minimalist.com you'll also receive our simple sunday newsletter for free ladies and gentlemen emma the immigrant yeah all right y'all if you leave here today with just one message let it be this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time